Hey everybody, welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we also have a special guest with us, our good friend, Corrine Ford. Welcome, Corrine. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Corrine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to talk with you. Um, we decided on the topic of comfort zones, uh, which is a, a subject that came to mind for me because of uh, the time that I've spent working with you, Corrine, um, on a, uh, Future Kids, which is a team that I coached um, as a launch group for Go Comedy. And uh, one of the things that, that I re was really focusing on with that team was uh, a, balanced, uh, a balance of playing styles. Um, between head, heart, and X factor, um, head being the heady stuff, heart being the relationship and emotion-driven stuff, um, which Karina's is, uh, is is your strength, and then the X factor is kind of like this wild card, um, absurdity, unconventional play, thinking outside the box and weirdness, um, and that's something that was outside of your comfort zones, Karina. And uh, I remember that being a really great arc. Uh, over the time that we were doing Future Kids, um, so I thought it'd be a good topic to talk with you about. Can you tell me a little bit, a little bit about that, Corrine? What what comes to mind or uh, thinking about Future Kids and, and that idea of X Factor? Um, I remember when you started making us do just like it was an exercise where we had to just kind of walk around on stage and kind of start doing like a sound and emotion and like building it, building it, building it and seeing where it could go, like using your entire body. And like, and it was me and Andy Reid. I remember this. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable doing that. And I don't know if like, I guess like weird brain stuff didn't really bother me, but like weird physical stuff really bothered me. Okay. So but pushing through that and just like being forced to do it over and over and over again, like just you were like forcing me and you knew I was uncomfortable and you would force me to do these weird, uncomfortable things. But pushing through that, like finally, like I broke through and I'm like, what am I so afraid of? Like, this is fun. Like, this is ridiculously fun. And then I grew to love it, but it took a lot of work. And I mean, I was dedicated, so I kept pushing. I mean, if something freaks you out, I mean, besides some things, I mean, some things you should avoid. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Physical safety yeah. or and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If something yeah. freaks you out, I mean, you just have to keep pushing. Eventually it won't. But I mean, you just have to. I mean, it's always like if I see a workshop about something where I'm like, I'm terrified to do that. That means I should probably take that workshop. Oh, you got to take that workshop. You know, that's. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess we can kind of like differentiate too, because we, we, t we were talking a little bit before this about, um, you know, comfort zones. There's uh, the, like one, one way of thinking about that is the conversations that you should have uh, with your team about like, are you like, you know, no fly zones, whether it's, it's like ways of physically interacting with, with each other or, um, subject matter or, or, or whatnot. Those are important to, to talk about, but we're, we're talking more about the comfort zones that there isn't, there's only like a psychological danger, uh, where it's like, why am I so afraid to, to be physically silly 
or um, yeah. to, to play it real or close to myself. More, more of the ego-based type of com- comfort zones. Like, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to act silly in front of my friends or have people judge me or judge myself. Those kind of comfort zones. That's the thing. I mean, for me, it wasn't really... I mean, horrible, weird stuff comes out of my mouth all the time. It always has. But <laughs> as far as like doing weird things with my body or making my body look grotesque, I mean, I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that like I've always been heavy and I was a heavy kid. So to do anything that made me feel like grosser in my body was something I was completely uncomfortable with and I didn't want to do. And so it was kind of pushing through that and knowing like it didn't really, it doesn't really matter. Like no one else is seeing me like I'm picturing me in my hat. Absolutely. (laughs) And I know, and I, and as I'm a big, I've always been a big guy. So I understand like I spent my whole life trying to find a big enough shirt to hide my body. Why would I ever pull that shirt up? You know, like, yeah, I mean, and no one wants to look stupid, but but and that's it's also yeah. why why improv in and this idea of comfort zones can really be not only make you a better performer to attack your comfort zones, but it can be like therapeutic and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways beyond yeah. the stage to uh, approach these uh, psychological barriers. Um, as long as you're doing it in a way that's you know uh, again like like safe and supportive with a. Uh, uh, the, the future kids team is um a great group of people to do it with as a uh launch group who are all dedicated to like challenging themselves to get better and help each other get better too yeah and it's like i mean you know my comfort zone was going to the weird mm-hmm. and you have the opposite where you have people who are totally comfortable in the weird but they have a real problem connecting with their real emotions Mm-hmm. and letting that show through. And so that's terrifying for them. You know, it's it, it's different for everybody. And, you know, so like, you know, some people, their worst nightmare is when you make them do the, you know, no funny scenes exercise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's their worst nightmare. Their worst nightmare. Which for me, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm going to make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if and you had that, a T-shirt, that would be the, what went across. <laughs> just you with two thumbs up. <laughs> I'm gonna make people cry. Cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I can I can even speak for myself on that. Is that like uh, I, I've said before on this show, or I, I generally say um, that uh, it, it was my goal early on in performing to be cartoony and to, to uh, play really imaginative on, on stage. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had with that two-dimensional side, but at, at a certain point, that was the thing that I needed to challenge myself to do is, like, how can I do, how can I do uh, more, more grounded, realistic acting and um, play from a place of vulnerability or, or more realism uh, and still feel it to me it's it's like oh i I don't want to it's it's a little harder to to like trust that that that's going to lead to comedy or entertainment and not just like either drama you know bummer stuff and 
or like lukewarm, you know, it, it, uh, so that was something that I really needed to explore is, is like, how do I, how do I kind of like trust more that, that just acting more realistic and, um, nuanced, like a real person <laughs> is, is going to get the, the, a good result, um, which was great for, uh, you know, like you said, Kareen, after a while I, I, I sank into it, but it was, it was uncomfortable for a long time. Emotions are scary. <laughs> yeah. Very. <laughs> what about for you, Bob? What what, what a, sort of comfort zone hurdles have you had to get over in the past or um, wrestled with? Mo most of my stuff was stuff I did for comfort. So like you said, like, like Green said, uh, doing like the non-laugh scene when I first started would be impossible for bob uh level two to do like i, I like well, that's why we're here it says you know comedy on the building of course i'm supposed to make i'm the funny guy at work come on let's get silly um <laughs> so just like just being real just and then like maybe giving up control i think that's one a very common one like hey i i'm supposed to be going for the ride i don't have to direct it'll be fine we'll all we'll all make this good you know and if it isn't that's fine too but for the most part, like let's let's actually improvise rather try than try to write on on stage really fast. Yeah, um, and then so Kareen, uh, Future Kids was a, a team with Go Comedy, but now, at this point you have also coached a couple year long troops yeah. of uh, the Shadow League at Pointless Improv Theater, um, and uh, so what what has your experience been? Uh, coaching a long-term team like that um of like up-and-comers where like the point is to kind of like make a master class uh or boot camp out of it like how do you work with people that are needing to step out of their comfort zones i mean it's like you know it at first it's kind of hard because especially if you're dealing with people that you maybe just know superficially or you've only seen them play a couple of times or maybe you've only seen them play in auditions um yeah. so for me, it, like, it takes a little while for me to like really like rev up to where I feel like I can really start pushing people and actually know really where they need to be pushed. And then it's just basically like, you know, digging out of exercises or just thinking of ways that you can get people to do that. And also, I mean, I kind of got this from you or pairing them with people who are comfortable in that zone because they'll take them there and they won't let them stop. Yeah. Um, like you and Andy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like, you know, like, but like, I mean, that's it. You have to take someone to take there. And that's the thing is like, I mean, at first playing with Andy scared the living bejesus out of me because he's <laughs> such a wild card, but I can tell you he is literally like one of my top favorite people to play with because I never know what's going to happen. And he's also one of the few people that makes me break like crazy, but, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it's just, you know, knowing who's good to pair with another person, what needs to be done to push them, but it takes time. It's not like something like you just, you know, it's kind of like after the first month, you kind of start getting a feel for that a little bit more. And then you can really kind of start pushing people into it. But yeah, we definitely just, had to cycle through a bunch of different playing styles to kind of like figure out where everybody's comfort zones were. And it's also, um, so, so this idea of head, heart, and X factor comes from, uh, Rachel Mason and wherever she got it, but that's where, who I got it from is Rachel Mason, um, a really great improviser and director in Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, when I learned of that, 
I, I, it became such a, a, a powerful concept of do of like doing what we're talking about is like identifying strengths and weaknesses and co comfort zones and uh, finding ways to, to positively challenge people and, and also empower people for the things that they're really uh, good at, like you, Corrine, with the uh, heart aspect of, of the relationship and uh, emotionally driven character work, which I think is also Bob's strength, too. Like, you, you both of you guys are, uh, that's your wheelhouse. And I mean, I can say, too, like, when, when I built This Is a Quiz, and even in building the troop that I'm, I don't know, coaching now if they're ever allowed to play again. Um, oh. I mean, I know, but I kind of looked for almost those same things in the people that I chose because I knew from future kids about how much that made me grow as an improviser and everybody else grows as an improviser. When you have a team that's formulated so that you have players with different strengths, like you don't have a choice but to grow. Like, you know, you don't want everybody to be on the same page as far as their strengths, because then I, I, I feel like it's like you're just like leveled out. Like maybe you'll get, oh yeah, you'll grow a little bit, but I don't think you grow like you grow when you're forced to play with people who have strengths different than yours. I just don't think you do. And I, I think that's something people don't realize when they audition either. Like, I think they figure the best improviser of the day gets gets to be on the team. And sometimes there's a lot more nuance to that. You know, you could have a great audition, but hey, we have enough hearts already. We need some more uh, X factors. We need, a, we need to balance this out. Uh, and yeah. I think that's something people should consider, you know, like, you know, great audition, but we need to balance out this team. And I, I, honestly, I've, I've talked to coaches who also... If you if you pair yourself with somebody coming up, they might try to split you up, you know, like that's your comfort buddy. So let's let's try to see what happens when so and so doesn't play with their best friend for once and mm -hmm. can they hang. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's great because, you know, you guys can always play together it just for, you know, one night a week. You, you're you're rehearsing with some other people and getting that experience. Yep. And I think that's really helpful. Like Green said, it helps you grow. Yeah, Bob, are, are there um, instances that you can remember uh, in your time coming up where you were, like looked for a particular person to play with or like a, a playing style that you wanted to branch out into uh, that illustrates that? Um, Not so much when I was coming up, but when I was at Pointless... I was doing that with Wick uh, show where I would just play with random people. And I always try to play with people who I just admired and and I, I don't think played anything like me. So like that's how I, me and Peterson started playing together. I like I really love the way Chris plays. And like sometimes when I'm performing with Chris, I have to remind myself I'm in this, too, because I'm watching. Uh, so, yeah, I like the, I think that's. That's a great way, again, a great way to push yourself is to play with someone who plays different from your style. And I had gotten to the point where there wasn't a lot of people for me to get coached from or, you know, or any classes I can take. So I had to kind of put myself in a situation where, you know, either, every performance was a, a, a workshop almost. And I just let them lead and, you know, I take something away from it almost every time. 
Yeah. What about you, James? Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I, I definitely um, look for opportunities to play with people who are really grounded um, at a certain point um, that played more close to self. Uh, like Michelle Girolando was somebody that um, yeah. I... We, we, we kind of came into like the go comedy resident cast at, at around the same time um so like in showdowns or um whatever opportunities uh, uh she was somebody that that like i would look for chances to play her strength which which again is is more like the relationship grounded stuff um and uh yeah i probably did that for i, I think i did that kind of stuff for like as a focus for like two or three years uh, because it was that just playing like the straight character Travis is also somebody that I really gravitated toward because he's such a great straight character he plays straight characters so well and um, I would uh, look for ways to like if I was in a three person scene or a group scene with him as I would try to mirror his um, position in, in, the, in the scene or his perspective um, and that was really helpful Um, yeah, and I remember, I remember talking to, uh, Matt Penridge at some point, I think it was Matt, that where we were like, we were having this conversation about comfort zones and, um, we were talking about how, like, how, how kind of anxietizing it is that in improv, it's kind of, uh, the name of the game to always be doing things that take you out of your comfort zones or scare you because, that it's like that kind of um if you lose that then you're missing the thing about improv that like really makes you uh charged you know where it's like you're kind of in free fall or always in a state of like fight or flight or or yeah. whatever so so it's so it's like as opposed to like getting closer and closer to being like comfortable there's there's a degree of that but if you if you the part of the reason that that it's like mm -hmm improv is something that uh people have like lifelong learning curves with and never get sick of is because you're always looking for new ways to push and challenge yourself and uh scare yourself a little with the things that you're working on yeah it's weird it's like you know you start doing improv and just that you know going and doing that first class show is like getting you outside of your comfort zone right and then you right. find out that you like love it. And then you realize like, that's just like the very like first step of the comfort zones that you're going to have to like push past to do this. I mean, it's like, you think you've got it and then you find something else. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, it never stops. Never stops. Do, do you have things that are currently your next boon things that scare you that you're working on <laughs> things that i need to work on and people like pimp me out on this all the time it's making <laughs> oh. sing oh singing whether it's doing like you know musical improv or something i've only taken one musical improv workshop uh it terrified me and I was like, you know, in the last group to go up because I was scared enough to do it. I mean, I did it. It was fun, but it's still, I mean, it's still, I mean, it scares me. And so like, I just kind of, 
I really need to get comfortable with it. Not because I think I'll ever really be like doing musical improv, but it's just so I feel comfortable when I'm put in a position where it happens that my brain won't short circuit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yeah. That, so that my brain doesn't short circuit. Yeah. That, yeah. And that, that's, that's a lot of it too. Right. Is because uh, I, I, you know, a good improviser, because it's always the, the possibilities are always uh, infinite in, in a show. You just never know what can happen. And if there's territory that um, of, of performance that like you balk at, then um, you got, you got to conquer that because uh, there's no guarantee that it won't come up again. So it's best to be at ready to, to pull out your, yeah, your your song, your song voice, um, or to be able to act real, uh, or to be able to go into some abstract, uh, yeah, cloud, you know, because mm-hmm. it might happen. Well, it's like you know, there were some nights at Pointless where we would have musical accompaniment, and um, I would like beg everyone. I'm like, don't sing. I'm like. <laughs> Like, this is not musical improv, don't sing. And then people would have singing and I'd be like, just like, I could not have fun in the set because I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to make up a song. I can't make up the song. And I would, I mean, like my, the set would be like, because I would be so in my head after that, that I couldn't concentrate on anything because I was just all of a sudden terrified. Yeah, after backing, don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't tell someone not to do something and, and expect it not yeah. to happen. No, <laughs> you're, you're but let's talk it. about that. Like that whole. It's not only when we when we get challenged to do those things that are out of our comfort zone just to perform the thing. You have to do it with enthusiasm. That's the to me. That's the hard part. Like I hate playing animals. I just think I just me playing a cat just sounds dumb to me. I'll do it, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking do it. But I just think I, I can't stand. It. I hate when people do it. I just I, like you do not look like a dog, a cat, a kangaroo. I, like, but we can have that scene. I just and and I'll do it with a smile, and I'll do it, and I'll make the best of it. You have to. You absolutely have to, uh, because especially when people pay money, like someone paid money to be entertained by you. And you set up the parameters of we're, we're, we're creating this by committee. And if the committee votes, hey, everybody's playing kangaroos. Guess what? Hop, hop, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't know where that. Hop, hop, motherfucker. <laughs> hop, motherfucker. That's my shirt. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's the, the, the doing it committed in a committed way and not a sarcastic oh, yeah. way is, is tough, too, because I feel like. And and let me know if, if this is like uh, how you relate to this, Kareen. If if it came up while you were kind of exercising that X factor up until you got comfortable with it. But like, what, sometimes you're doing like group games or like you know uh, everybody's a tree or like it's this organic transformation and mm. and you're kind of like half doing it while you roll your eyes. And um, I've definitely seen that in like classes and stuff. And it's like. There, yeah. it's, there's no easy it's a switch that you have to flip for yourself mm-hmm. uh, no one's going to make you do it uh, but until you do you're not going to get what you 
what you can from the, the thing that you are uncomfortable with. Well, that's why it's like, I know that if there's like, and I think there was something like going on before all this happened that I was going to do. That was some musical improv, like workshop or just get together and like try this out or stuff like that. But of course, none of that's happening right now because I just know that I have to, like I said, I know I have to do it, but to get myself to not freak out on stage, I have to do it off stage first. Like I, I mean, that's, it's like, you know, getting comfortable with getting weird happened from a ton of rehearsals, not just performing it, you know, it was over and over and over again. So it's not the same as I took one musical improv workshop. Now you're going to force me to sing on stage. Yeah. You know, it's Uh, like, and you know, I took that one musical improv workshop and I got on stage and did it once because the workshop was so large. So it's like, yeah, yeah. That comfort zone is still not pushed through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's it's not like it's not like you have to once you once you're comfortable with the thing or, or once you identify what's uncomfortable, it's not like you have to do it all the time. It's just good to be like aware mm-hmm. of and look for opportunities um to exercise. I, I think that, that that is one thing that like uh as a coach or a director or or, or even like like working on my own goals for myself, sometimes I forget to just like flex my strengths or lean into the things that I, that I really like, um, as opposed to always looking for the next thing to, uh, you know, move into uncharted territory or, or, or whatever. Um, it's, it's not as if like, like, Oh, now you don't, you know that you are uncomfortable singing. So now you, you have to do uh, a year of musical improv and <laughs> nothing else. Uh, no. you just have to uh, be aware of it. And then, um, <laughs> decide for yourself uh how you want to conquer it and um uh look look for ways to do it if you're if you're interested in it yeah i mean james really quick uh is there anything that you hate getting pimped into like if you're playing with somebody and they they pull a move and is there anything because i've played with you a lot and i've never seen you like oh brother like because sometimes like if you i know you well enough i'd probably see in your eyes like oh shit why did I hate the French accent. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Who me? Yeah. Anything ever throws me for a loop? Uh, no. Uh, asking. I didn't you, both of you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Kareen said singing. I, I think Bob was asking me, but but uh, I I think um, there are sometimes when uh, if 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 something is um, dictated or pimped out i don't like it just because it's a pimp and i'll try to squirm out of it um but uh generally the answer is no especially if i'm playing with people that i like i i i i I feel like um i feel like i've been lucky to to not have that happen to me with people that i either don't get along with or don't know very well um that it's usually with my buddies uh so it's like um I'm I'm usually fine to 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 play with pimping each other out. What about you, Karina? Any, any or, or, or I guess I guess we could also talk about like one. Do you ever push people's buttons uh, to to kind of um, uh, uh, coax people into their stepping out of their comfort zones, or have you ever been the person that somebody is looking to play with to like uh, enable them to play your way? Um. 
If I've pushed buttons, especially on stage, it wasn't my intention to do so. I wasn't intentionally doing that. I don't like to play that way. Um, I mean, most of the time, like in situations where I've been pimped out on stage is because like, you know, I'm doing some set where there's some twists and like someone's giving you a challenge or some weird thing like that. Um, but I mean, and I, I, I don't know even on the opposite end where if it's, you know, somebody like they want to play with me because of the way I play. I don't know. I mean, yeah, people approach me and say, you want to play with me, but it's not like they say, I want to play with you because. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not everyone's like, uh, uh Kareen, let's do a show. I got to get better at, at doing straight <laughs> characters or, you yeah, know, <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't. I, so I don't know. I yeah. wish people would talk like that in the green room. Like, hey, <laughs> you want to play? Like, I yeah. really do. I need to do a scene with you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really feeling oh, uh, so comfortable with, with the emotions today. So, us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think for me right now, the thing you mentioned it earlier, Bob, is is uh, um, you know, uh, the letting animals? go of. The letting oh, no. go of did you say bananas? <laughs> no, playing animals. Am I not talking oh. about enough today? <laughs> uh, hop hop, motherfucker. Um, hop hop. <laughs> but uh, the letting go of control, and or just like I, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, but like uh, letting go of control and trusting the people I'm playing with, because I, I got to a point of um, uh, really finding my playing style and playing with people that I uh, am really comfortable with and, and can trust a lot and uh, can play more impulsively or make unusual moves um, on top of like the, you know, more uh, conventional or grounded stuff. Um, uh, and I do less of that um, in New York because it's a lot of people that I'm like just becoming friends with and, um, or, or being cast on teams with and just like, you know, uh, sink or swim and, um, love the people I, I play with. But, uh, I've mentioned on here before that, like, I, 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 uh, still kind of like tiptoe, um, into really letting go and playing, um, fully, uh, 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 uh surrendering and trusting my team to accept things that I do and support things that I do. It's like, you know, with playing with the league, since it's, you know, an ensemble cast, you never know who you're going to be playing with. I mean, it's definitely, I definitely play differently when I'm playing with people that I've played with a lot and I'm comfortable playing with. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely, I know like things I can get away with, or I'm like, I can do this and this person is not even going to bat an eye. Um, and then you have other people who are like, I don't know how they're going to handle that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so you kind of like, reel yourself back a little bit um oh yeah. you're saying you you make you reel yourself back if you know somebody else doesn't love playing your style it's uh, it's not more my style i guess it's more taking the scene in certain directions okay um, where I'm like, someone's just going to roll with this. Like, you know, it's more like, okay, like, okay, I'm going to go super dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
you? Okay, what's going to come out of my mouth is going to be super dark. And I don't think that person is going to be okay with it. Like, not okay with it as a human being. Not okay with it as an improviser. Um, So, you know, situations like that. But then, like, other people, it's like like if you're going to, like, dark land. It's like, you know, if, like, I'm playing with Doug. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, yeah. You can't yeah. shake Doug. I'm not going to freak out Doug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh. Or Gary. Um, yeah, I guess that's a whole other thing, too, is, is like uh, subject matter. I mean, we, we, and, and actually, Doug, uh, we had a episode with him about dark humor. But um, have there been kind of like... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I remember, I remember, um, I, I played with, uh, with somebody who, uh, was really didn't want to do scenes that like represented religious things or like mocked religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. What are you guys thoughts on like, I think, I think that there's like universal no fly zones where, where it's like anybody in their right mind can tell you that it's uh, inappropriate or um, yeah. offensive, uh, especially in an improv theater environment. Um, but then there's things that are just like kind of personal taste. And, and where do you think that people can like safely explore things for humor's sake versus like draw lines for themselves and their team? Well, I've always kind of considered it like um, I, I, th- I call it the the dinner party rule, and depending who, on who I'm up there with, because I know it, you know if I if I'm playing with a group of people I've known for a while who I've had dinner with, or you know, or if we were at a dinner party, we could go dark or talk about messed up stuff and not feel as if you were going to lose a friend or something after the meal's done. Uh, I play, I, I feel totally free, but you know, uh, same dinner party. Someone brings their, their boyfriend or girlfriend along and you don't know what their, their background is, their past, or, you know, their, their morals or, you know, compass or the moral compasses, um, you, you kind of play different. So it's, it's just adjusting to that. And, and I don't really call it, consider that, you know, holding yourself back. It's just being polite. Cause we're all playing together, you know, and you, you don't. You, you want to take care of yourself. You want to take care of uh, your scene partners. And you also want to take care of your audience. So you have to read the room. Uh, you, you usually know in a couple, within a couple minutes of the set, what kind of humor the audience is looking for. So if yeah. they're looking for more clean stuff, don't, don't do that dark stuff because then you're challenging them to laugh rather than making them laugh. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it is knowing your audience. I mean, you know, when you play at certain theaters over and over, you generally kind of know what kind of audience goes there, which helps. But it's like, if you travel to a festival, I mean, like maybe don't go to a bunch of those places that you would maybe go to with your home theater audience, because you don't know what their temperature is. Like, you know, you know, like, in a lot of like liberal towns, like if you're playing in Ann Arbor, you can poke fun at religion all day and you're probably not going to have a problem with it. Go down south to an improv festival. Maybe you don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. Right. Yeah. 
I, I like that analogy of the uh, the dinner party is is like just be a just be a good guest be 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 yeah, mindful be yeah. polite. There's like no real advantage to um, wreaking havoc or, or or to just completely uncensoring yourself would be selfish uh, a selfish risk at best, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I'd ask, uh, right now, I'd I'd actually recommend if you're gonna do edgy, I mean, really take your time uh, because you don't want to you don't want to go so fast where you say something that you didn't intend that that you know that could be offensive mm-hmm. uh, but also like you've got to read the room as you're going along as you're heightening you got to read you got to make sure everybody in the back line everybody that's in the scene wants to be in the scene if you're going to go wherever there is uh, you also got to listen to the audience, you know, like <laughs> the last thing you want is a boo. So why, you know, why, again, yeah. why challenge them to to do these things? Uh, but that being said, like I if you're playing smart, I think there's places you can go that could be unexpected and could be fun and could be edgy. So, I mean, it's just it's just like Kareem said, reading the room and just taking the temperature as you go along, because uh, if you rush the thing and, and I've seen this in a couple of improv scenes where someone wanted to push, push the envelope where they just blurted something out, you know, maybe to the change, the course of the scene to, to make it edgier. And because it was so abrupt, it, it really hurt everything. And, and almost every time that I've seen that happen, it, it was met with regret. So it's, it's, you know, play it smart. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's- fine line between that uncomfortable laughter which i love i love when i can make it oh, audience yeah. uncomfortably laugh but there's oh, a fine yeah. line between uncomfortable laughter and the boo like there's a fine line oh. yeah and i and i guess that kind of also is an analogy for you know your your own comfort zones and boundaries with subject matter is that like is it is it tension that you might have fun playing with or is it a more rooted belief or value and i think that the that the best thing to do is to just make sure that you you are questioning if you find your comfort zones like where does the discomfort come from where does the fear come from and is it something that you might benefit from getting over um and be just being open to that question i think is the most important thing and and uh not not taking for granted that that like you know you could just be like uh no to this no to that um and never never question why what would happen if if you explored the other side of it Absolutely. um yeah yeah i guess uh so so Karina, if you were to if you were going to give like like one main takeaway um for people who are interested in in like comfort zones or, or like how to challenge themselves in a positive way to, uh, step out of their comfort zones. Like what would you tell a student or, uh, you know, performer in that position, uh, the kind of mindset to put themselves in, uh, in order to, to, to accomplish that and be better for it on the other side. I mean, I would tell them like, if there's something like if, if a student like, and this has happened where like a student has come up to me and said, so-and-so is doing a workshop and that terrifies me. I said, okay, take it. Mm. And I'm like, it's going to terrify you mm-hmm. and it's going to scare you. But just know that you're probably going to feel a lot freer when you come out the other side. And I'm, oh, yeah. you just you just need to go ahead and do it. 
I mean, that's it. If if there's someone who like you like the way that they play, but you're terrified of the way they play, try to play with them. Try even like going to a jam. Ask the jam host if you can get up there with that person just to even give you a taste of it. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's different ways to do it without making like huge commitments, I guess. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. right. but to just get your feet wet in that area that scares you so much to know that, you know what, you're not going to die. <laughs> yeah. It will yeah. kill you. Actually, you probably will feel more alive. Like, honestly, I, I think of I'm using a lot of metaphors during this, but I do think of improv as like when you're when you're doing it right, it should feel like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And if you're taking the same if you go on the same roller coaster each and like every time, like you can go on the Magnum once or twice and it's really scary. But after like the hundredth time you've done it, it, it kind of, you know, that diminishing returns happen and you get bored. So you have to seek out these things that scare you and share them with people you trust. If you are uncomfortable with something, share it with somebody you trust, share it with your coach, share it with uh, the, the other members of your, your troop and have them incorporate that into the scene. So you, you have to do it, you know? Um, and, and like Karine was saying, like everything she mentioned, like do it during rehearsal, doing it during a jam, that's low stakes. That's not during a show. Like these, the, that's why these places exist. It's a safe place to push yourself and to fail if it happens. And you should love failing. If you're not failing, then you're not playing hard enough. You know, yeah. if you're not failing every once, not every time, of course. But if you're not failing every once in a while, you're you're probably doing. The, you're a one trick pony who does that trick very well. So you know, broaden your your horizons. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, there, you know, there's that, that saying, follow the fear, right? Oh yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, you can, I think, I think that, I think really what it, uh, it comes down to for me is, is like, if you're not at least a little scared, you're probably not growing. So if you get to a point where you're like, you're like, cool, I'm here. And like, I, I got to where I want to be and, and I got the things that I wanted out of, uh, the learning that I've done. That's fine. Um, but if you're interested in growing, just know that it's going to come along with uh, being a little scared. <laughs> yeah. And that's the fun uh, part. Yeah. <laughs> Kareen, um, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on at uh, Pointless and uh, the jams and virtual stuff that is, is going on there? Yeah, right now, um, well, they just started virtual classes. Just started up. Um, they've been doing virtual workshops. I did one. Um which was weird. It was weird, but it was okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're doing the the launch or the Shadow League for this year and next. Um, they did two shows and then the theater shut down. And so they oh, wanted cool. they wanted to keep the momentum going. Um, and so they picked up the jam schedule at pointless and so now uh every other sunday there's a jam a virtual jam um short form and long form Uh, oh wow that's awesome you you fill out your form um you make a donation a minimum of five bucks um and you're in to play for the jam all the money goes to the theater so every after all the jams they write checks i think they said they totaled it, totaled it up, and they've raised over five thousand dollars. Wow, wow, that's incredible for the theater. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, people are being very generous. I mean, 
you know, people are giving what they can and some people are giving just more because they can and, you know, they don't want to see it go away. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, that's what been, cause that's just what's been going on there improv wise. And then you can go pick up beer every once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Are they doing like growlers? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, well, very cool. Um, very, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that the shadow league, uh, despite, um, not being able to do shows is, is, uh, keeping on with the jams and providing that outlet for other people and, um, and support for the theater. Cause that, I mean, that is, um, very cool that just through the jams that, that they've been able to raise that much money to support pointless. Um, that's really, really cool to hear. And they're, and they're getting creative. They're like making up games just for like the virtual world like there's a oh wow you know they we have uh pointless cribs so it's like a slideshow presentation and then it's like you're walking someone through your house so pointless cribs so ridiculous houses like powerpoint presentations uh and the newest one is like it's a line game but it's wiki how photos so you okay. have to say what the wiki how photos are teaching you how to do like you know how those weird wiki how pictures yeah yeah so you that's the line game is beating that to death on what those things are so i mean they've gotten pretty creative oh wow creating new games and stuff it's been fun that's that awesome incredible. i love that wiki like how that. idea yeah it's like oh yeah yeah there's a lot of really um there's a lot of high potential with visual aids uh for sure in the virtual realm obviously um but uh that's that's cool that's a really great uh uh context to do it in um well very cool this has been such a great conversation kareen thanks so much for joining um so great really great to, to talk with you i know so nice seeing your faces thanks for having me no. yeah 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 same to you really glad to know that you're doing well um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining, and we'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at Length. Bye. Bye.